culture and politics. This is the Michael Medved Show. And another great day in this greatest nation on God's green earth. A great day, just eight days from D-Day, from Decision Day for the American people. There are literally millions. Uh, I believe the total is more than 10 million already. People who have voted already put their ballots uh, in the mail or dropped them at drop boxes or actually waited at polling stations to cast their ballots because that's the way it works when you're able to vote early. And this isn't even that much early. What's fascinating about this is I was spending some time looking at the map and I think that um, there is there there is a situation on the map. I'm looking at the new map from RCP, and it looks like they may have changed another state, which is fascinating. But basically, what you have is they have a uh, clear leader in uh, most of the states, and there are seven toss-ups. And what's fascinating about the toss-ups is that if you look at uh, all across the map and, and just not classifying toss-ups or leaning Republican or leaning Democratic, when you look all across the map, it's um, uh, Democratic seats that are most at risk in toss-up elections. What do I mean? The toss-up elections, according to Real Clear Politics, and the reason I'm using their polling is because they go to an average of polling. In other words, they have a whole bunch of different polls behind it. And they've ended up being pretty reliable. There could be some real surprises. Of course, that toss-up can go any way and still not be a surprise. What What's fascinating about this is there are five U.S. senators... Uh, Democrats who are seeking re-election and they are facing a toss-up situation. Uh, then there are two Republican senators who are seeking re-election and they are facing a toss-up situation. So basically if the uh, Republicans can nail the two toss-up seats they're defending which are Ron Johnson's seat in Wisconsin and what was Rob Toomey's seat in Pennsylvania, which is now a race and it's so close between John Fetterman, <laughs> it's unbelievable that he could even make it close, and Dr. Oz in Pennsylvania. In other words, if Dr. Oz can uh, win his election, and if Ron Johnson can win his re-election, then the worst that the Republicans can do, the worst, would be a tie, which would be you go back to this 50-50 business with Kamala Harris representing the deciding vote. But if Ron Johnson and, uh, and uh, Dr. Oz can win their elections, then you have all these chances, and there are five of them, for a Democrat to, uh, to lose. And those chances, according to uh, Real Clear Politics, are Arizona, where Mark Kelly, the incumbent senator, it's, it's supposed to be a very close race. Uh, 
Nevada, where the Republican challenger Adam Laxalt is actually slightly ahead of uh, Senator uh, Catherine um, Cortez Mostow, and uh, state of Washington, where our very own uh, Tiffany Smiley is now virtually tied with Patty Murray. And it's listed as a toss-up on the RCP map. And then there's also uh, Herschel Walker challenging Governor Warnock. And see, this is what's going to be very frustrating to people, is if you go ahead and have Herschel Walker and Warnock and neither of them gets over 50%, then they go to a runoff in December. And control of the Senate isn't decided. The, the one biggest surprise to me here is Donald Bullduck, who uh, was won the Republican nomination. And a lot of people, including me, I'll admit it, I just thought, okay, this guy just won the nomination. He's really, really out there. Uh, he is one of those people who believes that his first order of business is going to be to overturn the election of 2020. Toss-up. And he's running against Maggie Hassan, who has uh, been considered for a long time the most at risk of all the Democratic senators. With all of this so important, when you have debates on uh, these issues, it, uh, it becomes pretty exciting. The, uh, uh, Tiffany Smiley was debating. It was a second debate they've had. It's the last debate they're going to be having in this campaign with just eight days to go. Tiffy Smiley, nurse, activist, uh, dynamic GOP candidate, spoke about out-of-control spending in D.C. and its contribution to inflation. This is from uh, the debate over the weekend. This is clip nine. Senator Murray stood with Joe Biden with the American Rescue Plan and said we are in a better place now. Um, we are not, Democrat economists warned that that would cause the greatest inflation that we've seen in a generation. That's exactly what it's done. You know, I'll never forget seeing a mom at the Kent Safeway and her little girls were sitting outside of her car as if it was their backyard. They were clearly living out of their car. They had their dolls out and they were playing with them. She was inside trying to make ends meet to feed them. That woman doesn't need Senator Murray's electric vehicle voucher. That woman, woman needs gas prices to be lower and, and food to be lower. I have a plan for recovery and reform, how we can turn crisis into hope. We need to rein in this out of control spending. The Inflation Reduction Act does nothing to reduce inflation. In fact, it raises taxes on all of us, and Senator Murray was the deciding vote for the excise tax on natural gas. So, so your energy will be going up heading into winter. I will rein in that out-of-control spending. I will work to permanently extend the 2017 tax cuts for the middle class. And I certainly will ensure that the 87,000 IRS agents do not come after our small businesses and hardworking Washington families. And uh, then there is uh, the um, uh, response, at least it's partially a response, to Tiffany Smiley by Senator Patty Murray defending her record. This is clip 10. 
I, look, I grew up in a big family, seven kids, and my dad ran a small store in Main Street in Bothell, and I know tight budgets, and I know how challenging it is, and I know that's what families are facing right now. So what I have focused on as we have gotten through a very challenging time in our country is lowering costs for families as we get through this. That is exactly why we pay, passed the Inflation Reduction Act that will specifically lower costs for people's prescription drugs and make sure that they can afford health care as we work our way through this. And secondly, to lower our energy costs so that we can afford the, the prices that, are, that we're being, seeing right now. And I want to address gas separately because that is important. But in the Inflation Reduction Act, we specifically work to provide tax credits for people to be able to afford energy as we move to a new clean energy economy, which, by the way, has also the effect of creating new jobs and producing those kinds of new energy right here. That will, in the long run, of course, lower your energy costs. For me, one of the biggest things we need to do moving forward is provide childcare. It is one of the biggest barriers to people to go back to work and one of the costliest items besides housing um, for families to face right now. So going forward, that's something I need, we need to focus on and we need to focus on the issue of housing. But let me go back to gas prices because I do support the president uh, using the strategic national reserve in the immediate, but that is not a good solution for the, the long run. We have to make sure that we are moving to a new clean energy economy and uh, and she is moving to a day of decision in uh, next Tuesday. Uh, wait till you hear the debate between Brian Kemp and Stacey Abrams and more coming up on the Medved Show. Now's the time to join the millions of Americans who have changed the quality of their sleep with... Concerning the House of Representatives, uh, one of the projections uh, has changed. The uh, previous projection uh, through the weekend had been that the GOP would win between 15 and 20 seats, more than enough to take over the U.S. Congress. It has now been officially changed over at RCP to the GOP winning uh, between 20 and 25 seats which would give uh, Kevin McCarthy as the new speaker a far bigger margin than, uh, than Nancy Pelosi has uh, struggled with the last two years. Uh, Donald Trump has also uh, requested that the Supreme Court, three of whose members he appointed, uh, step in to block a House committee from obtaining his past tax returns from the Internal Revenue Service uh, before a Thursday deadline for the material to be turned over. So in addition to deciding truly crucial issues like uh, affirmative action, uh, whether you can have equal justice, constitutional equality, and race-based college admissions have them together at the same time or they need to be separate and which one should be chosen uh, this is big stuff uh trump's tax returns it is it is unbelievable to me that given the fact that there's been so much information about his tax returns already in the press and including the uh, 73 million dollar 
uh, refund that he got during the time he was losing money with uh, his casinos. In any event, uh, we will see if uh, uh, Trump uh, actually gets turned away from the Supreme Court, as I suspect that he will, and uh, that he will be required, the actually Internal Revenue Service will be required to send the information, uh, get that they are being sought by the House Committee and send it over to the House. Um, okay, we're well, talking about these debates, which are uh, actually pretty revealing, it seems to me. And the do not get in the hands of criminals. Seattle had the highest homicides they had, you know, since in 10 years. Um, we had a blood shortage um, in Washington state. Our, our team held a blood drive to bolster that supply. Um, women are feeling less safe. In fact, there's not even enough cops to prosecute sexual assaults and to follow up on them. That just seems absolutely unacceptable. 30 years in the Senate, and this is where we are? Anyone can go to Patty versus Public Safety to understand her soft on crime policies that have led us to this place. Okay, uh, look, do people in the state of Washington and people not just in King County, but it's also it's in Tri-Cities, it's Spokane, it's everywhere in the state. Uh, people are feeling the upsurge in crime. You know where it's been particularly acute is the upsurge in car theft which is appalling and then there's also been an upsurge in uh, carjacking which can be deadly and uh, speaking of deadly uh, Brian Kemp I think is well ahead this is not a Senate race this is a gubernatorial race and it's one of the most important governorships in the country in uh, Georgia and uh, during a debate with Stacey Abrams and Stacey Abrams is the Democrat who's challenging his uh, uh, rule in, in Georgia. He won the primary handily uh, against a Trump-backed candidate. But here is Governor T Kemp talking about some of the endorsements he has from law enforcement. Uh, listen, clip eight. And we'll continue to have their back, and that is me. And that's why we have the endorsement of 107 sheriffs around the state. As I've pointed out before, I'm not a member of the good old boys club. So no, I don't have 107 sheriffs who want to be able to take black people off the streets. Wow. That's, uh, that's what the sheriffs want to do? Uh, and then she goes uh, further and uh, says, no, no, she's never been in favor of defunding the police, even though the evidence shows that she has. This is clip seven. I did not say, and nor do I believe in defunding the police. He is lying again, and I've never said that I believe in defunding the police. So yes to some defunding. We have to reallocate resources, so yes. <laughs> yes, uh, that's the kind of saying yes to defunding the police. Um, look, right now with uh, things going... Um, with if, uh, proceeding in a difficult manner, at least, if, if you're a Democrat. As I mentioned, there are two crucial seats where the Democrats have a chance to capture a Republican seat. Given the fact that of the five Democratic seats that Republicans have gotten in the toss-up column, they'll win at least one of them. 
So unless the Democrats knock off Ron Johnson in Wisconsin and or uh, uh, Mehmet Oz in Pennsylvania, the Republicans probably will win control of the Senate. So Barack Obama, their most effective campaigner by far, traveled to Wisconsin and he went after Ron Johnson in a, such an aggressive way that uh, it is extraordinarily striking. Uh, we will we will get to that. Uh, we will also get to Obama. I don't know. He's talking about an asteroid heading towards Earth. No, he really is. And actually, the Republicans have gone along with efforts to try to curb that. Remember, recently they actually hit a a traveling space object and indicated that if if they need to get an asteroid that's hurtling toward Earth and get it off course and not to kill us the way that an asteroid at least allegedly killed the dinosaurs. Uh, by the way, the allegedly is not saying because I don't believe that dinosaurs exist. Of course they existed. And that's probably why they no longer exist. But we will receive all of the former president, President Obama's wisdom on that and more coming up on the MedVet Show. And I'm quoting here, insane, catastrophic, chaos. The Michael Medved Show. These are some of the more polite words. No, 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 no. Join in your daily dose of debate. Seems like a sensible thing to do. 1-800-955-1776. The Michael Medved Show. No, 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 no. And on the Michael Medved Show, we'll go to President Obama in a moment, but it's just a reminder, and, and again, I have to remind myself as well, uh, we got our ballots in the mail, we live in the state of Washington, and uh, we have to fill them out, and drop them off. It's uh, okay if you put them in the mail, but you can be sure they'll get there if you drop them off and know there's nobody lurking around drop boxes who are going to steal our ballots away but the election is so close the uh, new polling on tiffany smiley and uh, patty murray shows a margin of less than one percent less than one percent for patty murray that that means this is very doable there's also just the brand new polling from georgia there's a, an election day poll that shows herschel walker winning winning by one percent it's uh uh incredibly close and the other thing is that a, a race that okay nobody should give up on it between uh, general bulldog donald bulldog and uh and maggie hassan in new hampshire the uh, most recent polling shows either one percent or three percent uh it's <laughs> it's it's amazingly close out there and uh frankly if um if uh ron johnson who is the incumbent senator from new hampshire going for a third uh, pardon me from wisconsin going for a third term if he can win and he's running against a very radical guy the lieutenant governor uh whose name is mandela barnes and that was the uh, opponent that he wanted 
because he he is somebody who even for Wisconsin, which has a very strong liberal tradition, even in Wisconsin, that should probably not work out. But uh, listen to a very uh, out of sorts, angry Barack Obama former president going after Ron Johnson on the crucial issue of Social Security. This is clip 13. Some of you here are on Social Security. Some of your parents are on Social Security. Some of your grandparents are on Social Security. You know why they have Social Security? Because they worked for it. They worked hard jobs for it. They have chapped hands for it. They had long hours and sore backs and bad knees to get that Social Security. And if Ron Johnson does not understand that, if he understands giving tax breaks for private planes more than he understands making sure that seniors who've worked all their lives are able to retire with dignity and respect, he's not the person who's thinking about you and knows you and sees you, and he should not be your senator from Wisconsin. Okay, uh, there is uh, <laughs> President Obama uh, whipping up the audience over what exactly? Where is there any indication that Ron Johnson wants to take away Social Security? Okay, really, this is not a campaign issue for Republicans. They tried to make it a campaign issue against Paul Ryan. You may remember that. He was pushing grandma off a cliff in a commercial that the Democrats ran. And... The entire idea back in the Bush administration, in Bush's second term, he wanted to give people a choice on Social Security about whether to put their money into some kinds of government-supervised investment accounts where they would actually produce more money than the Social Security does directly. And frankly, it was a reform that was going to save Social Security, not destroy it, but you don't hear any Republican this year talking about privatizing Social Security or eliminating Social Security or cutting it. And uh, you also don't hear Republicans talking about destroying uh, the world with invading asteroids. Uh, here's President Obama once again. Listen. So inflation's a problem. What is the Republican answer? Look, I mean, if, if they had a great answer, that'd be one thing. But you know what their, their big economic policy is? They want to gut Social Security and Medicare and then give big tax cuts to the wealthy and some of the, the, the most successful corporations in the world. That's their agenda. And by the way, that's their answer for everything. Debbie knows, Gary knows, back in 2008, 2010, inflation was low, unemployment was high. What was their answer? Tax cuts for the wealthy and cut back on Social Security and Medicare. It doesn't matter what the problem is. No matter what, listen, if there was an asteroid heading towards Earth and we got everybody in the room said, what are we going to do? I think we should cut taxes for the wealthy. No, that's not going to help you. That's, that's, how's that going to help you? 
Okay, how is that going to help you? And uh, again, uh, I don't think this is working. Is the Gallup poll and all of the polling are showing that Social Security doesn't turn up as a big issue because it's not a big issue. They're not debating about it. Um, for instance, uh, one of the things that is is interesting. Do we have that? We have that uh, clip of Ron DeSantis, don't we? Speaking for. Uh, Okay, it would it would be worth it. But Ron DeSantis, with all of the close races we have, his race against Charlie Crist, former Republican, is not close. Ron DeSantis is cruising toward a landslide. In fact, he's so confident about his election in Florida, he traveled up to New York, where they uh, a lot of Floridians actually come from, and to campaign for uh, Zeldin, Congressman Zeldin, who is could be the biggest winner in the country if he pulls off this upset and the democrats are worried sick about it and here is ron desantis campaigning along with zeldin the republican candidate for a governor congressman from long island who has made a heck of a race against the incumbent governor Kathy Hochul in the Empire State. Here's Ron DeSantis on his behalf. I've Listen. known him for a number of years. I've served with him. Uh, he's a veteran. He's somebody that has very strong values. And most importantly, he is capable of exercising leadership. And that's what you need more than anything else. Uh, not quite as angry as uh, Lee Zeldin, as Barack Obama. But it says something when he comes up to uh, to New York State in the midst of his own campaign to uh, to make a pitch for a colleague whose uh, whose change uh, his his victory there could win phenomenally uh, impactfully. Uh, there's also this um, Barack Obama heckled during his speech and uh, listen to the reaction. This is uh, clip 12. And if elected officials don't do more to explicitly reject that kind of rhetoric, if they tacitly support it or encourage their supporters to stand up side voting places armed with guns and dressed in tactical gear, more people can get hurt. And, and we're going to be violating the basic spirit of this country. Yes. So, sir, sir, you know, wait, 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 come on. But, this, but this, is, this is what I mean. Okay, this is what I mean. And then he says, right now I'm talking. And he goes on talking. Is he uh, back to throwing water to the crowds? Remember that? Do we have some lessons from Vietnam about Ukraine? Or are they really lessons for... Hello, everybody. I want to talk with you about a new consumer website. MichaelMedved.com 100% of the people, 100% of the time, going on this website will have a perfectly seamless, smooth experience. Well, if the president can uh, guarantee that, that's President Obama, of course, then uh, isn't that something you can take to the bank? Uh, 
Meanwhile, go to our website. You can also find out about banking some of your investments with uh, Our Crowd, which does a phenomenal job. Uh, you can just read about it. It's totally free. You get a brochure with some of the most exciting new startups in the high-tech field that you can be part of through crowdsourced funding. It's a um, fascinating opportunity and one uh, unique to uh, our crowd, my brother's company, which is uh, posted our website at michaelmedved.com. Okay, um, there are a number of questions people asking, is Ukraine Russia's Vietnam? And uh, why do we know that Ukraine isn't America's Vietnam? You know how we know? How many troops did America have in Vietnam? Uh, basically uh, losing the war because of our leadership, not because of our troops. We had up to 600,000. And it went up and up and up and up and up over years. How many troops do we have in Ukraine? We don't have any in Ukraine. Uh, we don't have any troops directly involved. We do have some men, advisors, and with weapon systems helping the Ukrainians and uh, some stationed nearby in places like Romania and Poland, I believe in Hungary also. But uh, there's a piece by an Israeli scholar for a very well-respected Israeli think tank. Uh, his name is Amos Asael. And he uh, says, the Ukraine war makes many wonder whether it is the Vietnam War all over again. Well, it isn't. The two wars are different and in some ways even inverted, but in their bottom lines, they are one and the same. Ukraine is different, first of all, physically, and not only because it's twice the size of Vietnam. A European flatland of bitterly frozen winters, the current war's theater is the opposite of the Asian jungles and mountains whose people endured three colonial occupations and one civil war. Ukraine's situation is also different historically. Unlike Vietnam's occupiers, who came from afar, Ukraines are headquartered in Moscow, a 90-minute flight from Kiev. The Ukraine war is also different culturally. The Vietnamese had no previous acquaintance with their Japanese, French, and American conquerors. Ukraine's defenders and invaders are cousins who share the same Orthodox Christianity, for the most part, understand each other's Slavic tongue, and write the same Cyrillic script. The, Vietnam, the Ukraine war is even more different socially. Unlike heavily industrialized Ukraine, Vietnam was a society of small-scale farmers. That's why the two wars are also economically different. Wartime Vietnam played no role in the global economy, whereas Ukraine is a major producer of energy, metals, and grain. That's why the two wars are also very different militarily. The Vietnamese had nothing comparable to the Ukrainians' missiles, cannons, aircraft, tanks, ships, and training, the result of three decades of independence. The Vietnamese fought mainly with rifles, pistols, grenades, and knives. And what aircraft, artillery, and missiles they wielded were wo woefully inferior to what imperial industry wrought on them. Even so, in terms of what matters most, Russia is repeating the Western powers' mistakes in what the French called Indochina, the Americans called Vietnam. Russia's first mistake, uh, writes uh, Dr. Asael, 
Russia's first mistake lies in its leader's political reading, or rather misreading, of the Ukraine when they decided to attack it. Like the French and Japanese in their situations, the Kremlin thought it would manipulate a conquered people to submission through viable leaders. In Indochina, it was Emperor Bao Dai, a hedonistic playboy whose leadership was no match for the charismatic and ascetic Ho Chi Minh. Much the same way, the collaborators in Moscow uh, planned to install in Kiev got lost in Volodymyr Zelensky's shadow. Russia's second mistake lay in its military planning, which, like the Americans in Vietnam, uh, prepared for the type of conventional war that it excelled in. Yet the ones who decided the war's character were the defenders, and their choice was a guerrilla war for which uh, last century's Americans, like this century's Russians, are unequipped and untrained. This is the first military mistake the Russians repeated, having been trapped in the guerrillas uh, by the guerrillas who lampooned thousands of their tanks, avoiding the conventional war's confrontation of tank versus tank. This is besides the Russian failure to meet conventional war's basic demands of a large-scale maneuvering and long-distance log logistics. In any event, it, it goes on and talks about the Tet Offensive. The Tet Offensive uh, dramatically convinced Americans that the war wasn't about to be won and destroyed American confidence. Now, in its response to the enemy's initial successes, Russia is repeating the Johnson administration's answer in North Vietnam means fighting spirit, which was to balloon America's expeditionary force from fewer than 20,000 troops in 1963 to 184,000 in 1965 and more than a half a million by 1968. That, too, is happening now in Russia, both in its leader's decision to enlist 300,000 more troops and in the people's response to this decree, which is to run for Russia's exits, much the way Americans fled to Canada. Not that many Americans fled to Canada. There are uh, going to be hundreds of thousands who flee Russia. And one of the things that uh, they desperately need in Russia is uh, more artistic achievement and support for the country and the disastrous directed is headed. Right now, there's a, an artistic achievement that's playing in movie theaters, actually playing on Netflix, and it's very much worth your attention. Listen. Now it's time for Medved's Entertainment Minute. Oscar winners Jessica Chastain and Eddie Redmayne co-star in a true-life crime drama about a dedicated nurse who becomes suspicious of her male colleague when the police begin asking questions in The Good Nurse, now streaming on Netflix. We understand that you work with a Charlie Cullen. He's been at nine hospitals. Nine. There was a rumor about him. No, the hospital would have done something. You would think so. so. 
And you would think that this spellbinding film will get all kinds of awards attention thanks to the superb work of Danish director Tobias Lindholm. The characterizations here range from the heroic to the monstrous, but all of them coming across as complex personalities thanks to consistently first-rate performances. It's rated R for frequent reference to deadly crimes and deserves four stars since The Good Nurse is one great movie. And certainly worth seeing, um, and very uh, impressive true crime story uh, about an incredibly prolific serial killer. Uh, speaking of serial killers, the latest FBI crime data, crime data is out, and once more, as it has before, it shows how communities along the U.S.-Mexico border, communities like San Diego, El Paso, have lower violent crime rates than other U.S. cities similar in size. Why would that be? Uh, the Atlantic also asks uh, that we should d declare a pandemic amnesty. Now, what does that mean? Forgiving each other for what we did and what we said during the dark days of COVID? Are they really so definitively over? We can pray. Uh, there's also a question for SCOTUS and a question that was clearly defined today. The Supreme Court of the United States can either uphold race-based college admissions or defend constitutional equality. Can't do both. And both arguments, they're trying to employ the Brown versus School Board of Topeka, the first school desegregation case. Is that relevant here? Maybe. Uh, meanwhile, why do voters care much more about the issue of the economy than uh, the issue of abortion? Well, because kind of everybody buys food every day. And very few people... Uh, have abortions every day. Uh, is this going to decide the election coming up? With one week to go, we will confront that crucial question and much more in this greatest nation on God's green earth.